Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. I am the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence and host of today's show, Beyond Clean with Ace. We are joined again by, you know what? I got to tell you this. This is funny. I look at the dashboard here. It says, Dr. Clean. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I never really saw this before, but folks, if you don't know who Dr. Clean is, it's Mr. Daryl Hicks. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I got that uh, moniker back when I was working at a hospital and uh, I bought my first Volvo. And um, it was a used car, and you know, but I had one of my uh, assistant directors call me uh, Dr. Hicks, and I said, No, I'm Dr. Clean. And uh, you know, so I even had that on my uh, personalized license plates for a while, and uh, so it's it's you know, a takeoff on Mr. Clean, but uh, wherever I'm Dr. Clean, it's about uh cleaning and disinfection that saves lives. Well, I, you know, Daryl, you and I have been on a lot of times, and folks, if you haven't uh, been on the show, Daryl has a very extensive career. Hey, you know, Daryl, I was thinking about this. did a presentation yesterday at the uh, FASBO conference here in uh, Orlando, and, um, you know, I know, folks, this is, you're, you're coming here to listen about cleaning and stuff, but, hey, we talk about anything that comes to our mind sometimes. <laughs> you know, William Shatner was the oldest man in space yesterday. If you didn't know that, folks, uh, he was. He went up there. It wasn't for but a few minutes, but he did it. And, you know, it got me to thinking, you know, yes, you know, this past month or so, I celebrated 50 years in the cleaning industry. Wow. So, you know, when you talk about uh, uh, those monikers of the past and what we've been known well, yours is Dr. Clean. Well, back in the day, my CB handle on my 7-Up truck was Mr. Clean. I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I saw that pop up this, uh, this afternoon, Daryl. So, Daryl, uh, why? You got the ball head for the Mr. Clean. So Yeah, uh, I knew that was yeah. coming, Daryl. oh gosh okay folks well you know thankfully this is a podcast where they can only hear and they can't see um you know yes i do have a bald head what are we going to talk about today daryl i i I think uh, most generally it's as you just said disinfection and saving lives well my concern today is you know according to the cdc that seasonal flu killed now, get this, between 12,000 and 52,000 people each year from 2010 to 2020. And that's why I think healthcare experts are uh, pleasantly surprised to see how mild the 
2020 and 21 flu season actually turned out to be because in the past we've had these very high numbers and uh, you know if you figure 40,000 on average for 10 years that's 400,000 people in 10 years but anyway the uh, CDC goes on to just talk about how this 98% drop last uh, last flu season um, likely driven by, you know, people masking up and social distancing. And their concern is that, you know, with the lines being drawn about, you know, no more mask or mask optional and social distancing. And, you know, I think just about as many people that are going to get vaccinated have been vaccinated. But anyway, we have this kind of divide about uh, personal freedom versus, you know, um, our fellow citizens and so you know the concern is that we could be hit heading into a twindemic you know we've never gotten rid of COVID and we won't and I think that you know when it comes to COVID-19 that um, you know it's no longer a pandemic I think it's now endemic which means it's something that we're going to have to live with it's just like the flu that comes around every year. But the, the problem with last year was that there were so few cases of seasonal flu because of these measures that were taken. And, you know, with lockdowns and people not going to school, not going to work and all that, that um, they had to guess at what would go into the flu shot this year because they usually gauge what goes in the flu shot this year based on last year. And since there was so little of it, um, I think it's just a dartboard that they threw at. And uh, so I encourage people to get the flu shot this year. But, um, you know, we really don't know how effective it's going to be because there was so little of it uh, last year. So that's just kind of the backdrop. But I think that we're heading into this twindemic when we add the seasonal flu in with the uh, um, the endemic uh, COVID-19. Well, now, now that you mentioned vaccines here to start this afternoon's conversation, um, being someone in the medical issues that I have of the age that I am, uh, I have been fully vaccinated for COVID. I even did my double shots for shingles. And yesterday I went and got my flu shot. These are choices that I made because of my closeness to the public and what we do as far as teaching and conferences and stuff, which conferences now have started back up, in-person conferences. So as you say this, we have taken a lot of measures to keep ourselves safer than we used to over the last 18 months. But the vaccine isn't you know, the, as you said, the flu vaccine is one thing. It may or may not be as effective as it should be. But just because you have a COVID vaccine in your body doesn't mean that you can't contract MRSA, influenza, measles, et cetera, et cetera. And these are the things that people need to be worrying about, if I'm correct. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to talk about is that, uh, you know, influenza A is 
you know, it has no symptoms like uh, cold-like symptoms. Uh, influenza A is uh, usually, uh, you know, different. I mean, it's really uh, flu. Uh, influenza B, uh, people have it, and uh, they don't know if it's a bad cold or if it's a flu. You know, they have the aches, the pains, and the, you know, the stuffiness and all that. So, you know, the, even the two influenzas A and B that are most common, and then you add the one that, uh, you know, the H1N1, which was the swine flu back in 2009, and, you know, the Hong Kong flu, these things that just uh, are perennial, they never go away. Uh, they're just in the uh, population. And so you... Uh, you do the best you can with uh, the knowledge that you have, but vaccines will only <laughs> get you so far. And then, well, and, 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 and Daryl, I think as you're saying this, vaccines are not an assurance that you won't catch correct. the illness. It just means that if you do, it's minimized and your chances of catching it are lessened. Is that not correct? That's true. And, uh, I heard a little bit of Dr. Sanjay Gupta yesterday because he was talking to Joe Rogan. If you don't know Joe Rogan doing his podcast, they wound up doing a three-hour podcast yesterday. <laughs> and uh, Joe Rogan is like a MMA, you know, <laughs> steel cage fighter, you know, uh, taekwondo, all that, martial arts, and um, – has built quite a uh, following of podcasts. But anyway, that was one of the things that, that they talked about was the, the vaccines and that, you know, there's, there's no guarantee, but, you know, you're, you do shed, you know, we as vaccinated, fully vaccinated people. And my question about that, uh, Dave is you know with them offering the uh, booster to those who are fully vaccinated I wonder if you don't get the booster are you then considered unvaccinated uh, well that, that's a political <laughs> question my friend yeah and uh, so it's just in, in the minds of people in uh, not just America, but around the world. But, you know, some countries have it much worse than we do. And uh, But back to the topic at hand, I believe that we, we do have the opportunity for this twindemic this year of uh, the seasonal flu <clears throat> because we don't, even though you got the flu shot yesterday, it's not a vaccine. It's a flu shot. It's kind of a cocktail of these different influenzas that have uh, been, you know, replicated throughout the last 10 years, 20 years. And uh, so it's just a kind of a shot in the dark for the flu shot this year. And so we do know that it is transmitted onto surfaces and that we need to, and it's not just COVID and it's not just influenza. It's things like rhinovirus. You know, there was a, uh, there's two nursing homes up in Canada that um, were shut down just a couple of weeks ago. 
because of rhinovirus. Um, but two very recent local outbreaks of rhinovirus at long-term care facilities should make everyone check their disinfectant label to ensure harder-to-kill viruses that maintain their infectiousness on surfaces are included on that label. And that's a warning that I want to give to people today is that, you know, they say, well, what should I look for on the label? And, you know, claims on disinfectants, uh, you know, some of them say 15 second kill time for COVID or 99 per 99.9% .9 of cold and flu viruses. And they're, that's made to uh, make you think that the product is the right fit for your facility. And I'm saying that um, you need to read that label further and you need to see if it kills rhinovirus, enterovirus. And there's one that uh, children get, it's a virus, and, uh, but it gets, gives them like uh, foot and mouth disease, but it's Coxsackie virus. And then adenovirus, and these are viruses that are harder to kill. And I think that we have gotten COVID tunnel vision, and we just look for you know something on the list of the list N or N list uh, for for these disinfectants that are um, effective against COVID. Well, I think it, it's, it goes back to what you and I have talked about for a number of years in all of our courses and your book, that all of this has to be predicated by a process, and that is cleaning before you use the disinfectant. And I think this is what a lot of people came to the realization and learned in the last 18 months now, will that continue, or is this COVID tunnel vision saying, well, there, are, they, are we just now believing all we have to use is the product? Are we back well, to that again? Well, the other problem I have with that uh, N list, or list N, I, I don't know, is it N list? List N. List N. List N. Okay, I checked before we came on today. There's now 576 disinfectants on the end list or list in. Now that's all 576. Now if you let's dial it back to real world, you know, you talked about cleaning first and disinfecting uh, as a follow-up to a clean surface. And that's what I have always advocated for. And you and I have, but, um, uh, you know, in reality, those are disinfectants with anywhere from less than one minute kill time to 10 minutes kill time. Some of them even have longer kill times. And so if you take the 576 and you look at those with just less than five minutes contact time or kill time, it goes from 576 down to 323. So you lose 253 disinfectants if you just go to less than five minutes. Now, if you go to one minute or less, you drop down to 152. So out of 576, now we're down to 152 with the shorter kill times because that's what we should be looking at is that we don't have 
time to stand around and watch it dry and we that's not real world that's in a and you have to understand that these contact times kill times are really meant for registering that disinfectant they're not you know applying it there's nothing on that label that says you know apply it to a pre-clean surface sometimes they'll say you know clean growth soil or whatever but what is missing in those uh, registration contact times is any sort of physical uh, mechanical action with a microfiber cloth. So if you apply that disinfectant with a microfiber cloth, you know, you're going to get a mechanical action and the pickup of the microfiber. So it's going to make it much more effective and less time. But the, the label is the law but we should be looking for disinfectants with one minute or less contact time. And some of these that are on this list of uh, 152, it's like 30 seconds. So, well, and, you know, and, and what you're also saying, Daryl, is when you start bringing this list down, you're only looking at that the list in, but right. the product that is going to kill the rhinovirus and the MRSA are not on that same list. No, there's different lists for those kinds of things, but you know. So now what you're so now the thing is what you're saying is you know if I'm reading labels and looking at SDS sheets, then I need to be looking at efficacy as well, because if I'm only going for a one minute kill time on end list, it may not be taking care of the pathogen that's creating the issue in my establishment. That's true, and it's more like you know. Uh, you have to, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up, you know, what's happening in your facility because that ought to be more like a, uh, a doctor's prescription that gets given to the pharmacist. You know, you take that from the doctor's office, the prescription, and so he has diagnosed you with the, this ailment, you know, this uh, bacterial infection, and so he's got an antibiotic for you. And we need to be looking at you know, what's specifically going on in your facility. But uh, one of the things that we found is that this last year, while we were, you know, trying to clean and disinfect for COVID-19, that MRSA and healthcare hospitals jumped 32%. And we, for wow. years, we've seen that trend line going down, down, down. And the bend was uh, very encouraging that we were um, making some headway against MRSA. And in one year, it jumped 32%. So we've lost all the gains from the last 10 years on driving MRSA out of healthcare. And so you're, you're accrediting this to the fact that we were using a product that wasn't sufficient, sufficient for the task at hand. It could be that, but my concern is that, you know, when we had such a uh, supply chain problem with, first of all, with PPE, and I know hospitals that, you know, only nurses and doctors got the, uh, the mask and the gowns, and because uh, there weren't, weren't enough of them to go around for the EVS staff, and... Um, 
I know a hospital that I talked to the EVS director and she said her uh, director of nursing told her to go to Walmart and buy raincoats for her staff, something wow. that could be wiped off, you know, get a poncho and put on them. And, and she asked me, what do I think of that? I'd say, I would say when I see nurses wearing ponchos, I'll get them for my staff. <laughs> but, you know, with that in mind that uh, PPE was in such uh, demand and short supply before we figured out that we could, you know, we could disinfect uh, N95 masks and they were all always they were intended for a single patient you know, encounter, and then, you know, you were supposed to throw them away. But, you know, that's back when they cost 20 cents a piece, but now they're over a dollar a piece. And so, anyway, I believe that nursing wound up doing a lot of this wipe down in patients' rooms because EVS staff says we're not going in there unless we have the right PPE. And, and so administration had to make a decision. So they said, okay, nurses, here's your bottle, your canister of wipes. And, you know, when you're in the room, wipe things down. And I think that, um, you know, disinfectants were hard to, to find also. And, you know, so it was kind of that, uh, that, perfect storm for things to rebound and you have people hooked up to all kinds of tubes, you know, uh, ventilators and uh, different antibiotics running into them, you know, uh, early on and still today, I think they're, they're getting large doses of antibiotics, which is just wiping out their immune systems. And uh, so, you know, that's what happened in healthcare last year, and I don't see it getting much better because now we're faced with the gorilla in the room is staffing. And well, and this all comes back to what you mentioned a minute ago where nurses were doing some of the EVS tasks. Well, you know, what we call it here at the academy is collaborative or cooperative cleaning where yeah. – you know, uncertified people take on the role to do a task that they are not certified to do. And so here comes back this issue and why we had a lot of people come to the academy last year was for certifications through our infection prevention courses with you, Daryl. And, you know, of course, you know, I, I unfortunately, like you just said, I don't see that getting any better as far as you know we still have people that are unskilled in our particular arena doing some of our job because well they're the only ones there that's true and the other phenomenon that happened last year was we went from very little use of electrostatic application of disinfectants to where you know, people were on a three to six month waiting list to get their electrostatic uh, sprayers. And uh, so I think that that was kind of the panacea. You know, this is the, <laughs> and I think that we had people starting to hang up a shingle that maybe we're in the carpet cleaning business. Yep. And now, you know, uh, they, they're being asked to, go in and disinfect these spaces. And uh, so 
He got well, on okay. the static bandwagon and hung up a shingle. And uh, so I think that, that we have this kind of phenomenon like, like that is a silver bullet for, you know, disinfecting larger areas uh, quickly. So, folks, uh, Daryl and I this afternoon are, are talking a, about a subject that we're very passionate about. And what we'd also like to tell you here, we have been talking for about 20 minutes on this subject. Um, November the 30th and December the 1st, Daryl and I will be co-presenting a newly updated 2022 version of our infection prevention expert. Daryl, why are we continuing to update this and why should they come to a certification course for this? Dave, when you and I did those, uh, those courses and we did one a month uh, for several months from 2020, 2021, uh, late 19, and uh, we tried to, and the, one of the reasons why, you know, your philosophy is not to pre-record these things because uh, we wanted to keep them fresh and up to date because there's always news happening uh, when it comes, you know, and early on we were talking about, you know, uh, germy surfaces and people got paranoid about going to the grocery store or getting things delivered from Amazon to their front porch and should I disinfect the box whenever before I bring it into the house and so we were paranoid about this COVID being on surfaces and it is but that's not the primary source of transmission but it's not COVID. COVID isn't the only bad bug out there folks and so much has happened in the last 18 months that uh, we're going to revamp this program and we're going to bring you the freshest, best information available out there. And you won't see this anywhere else because um, Dave and I are not are product agnostic and we're not going to talk about product names, but uh, we are going to be uh, telling the truth where we're not uh, bound by these big chemical companies to say, you know, keep with the party line or whatever. And we're, I'm not saying we're, uh, we're rogues out there, but uh, you know, you're going to get the truth uh, kind of unfiltered um, when you attend this class. Well, you know, somebody asked me why we have the Academy and I thought it was very interesting. You know, they turned my own question back on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, and you know, folks, we're live here, and this is what the way it happens. You know, the question I ask everybody is, "Why are you here?" And so they said, "Why is the academy here?" And it's very simple: to provide professional certification on most relative issues. And this is the reason, as you said, that we updated it every month for nearly twelve months. Uh, in 21, we've revisited about three times so far. And folks, this is why we're having the 2022 version of the Infection Prevention Expert. It's because we're not talking about only one issue. And, and this is what we talked about at the start of this pandemic, that we were afraid this is what people would do. And this is what has happened. Uh, your term, COVID tunnel vision, very appropriate to where we find ourselves now. So, folks, what we're going to do 
is have a new certification. So if you took it in 19 with us, if you took it in 20, if you took it in 21, this new course is continued continued professional development, and and this is what this is about, and this is the reason we don't pre-record all of this, Daryl. As you said, it has to be live, and these are remote sessions so that people can join in. You know, I think every time we've done it, the discussion amongst people has been probably just as interesting as yours and mine. Oh yeah, because uh, you know. <laughs> I know it's an old country saying, uh, but, you know, sometimes you're answering questions that no one's asking. And I uh, heard a preacher say one time, you got to scratch them where they itch. And uh, if you don't know what's itching on them, then, uh, you know, you can just throw it out there. But, you know, it's interactive. And I think that uh, that provides a lot of great discussion or questions that are you know, bothering people, and uh, when they hear a, a new concept, it uh, kind of upsets what they have traditionally believed about things, and uh, so I think that's the one of the great things about uh, our courses has been that, uh, you know, the light bulb went off in people's heads, and, um, you know, it got them thinking of things in a different light than uh, they had previously. And so that's what education is about is we're not necessarily here to change your your mind about things, but we are giving you a, a different perspective that needs to be, you know, you need to weigh it into your own facility and your own operation. But, you know, it's all about process and products and people. And so wherever you, you uh, talk about cleaning, just being, you know, basically two elements, you know, soil removal and pH. And uh, people had not thought of things in that light. You know, they, you know, this is the blue stuff and, you know, I use it here and, you know, but I think that at the end of the day, we are equipping people to, uh, to go into the 2022 and uh, there's no time like the present. And, um, to get people certified again, because uh, it is a continuing education and a lot has changed in the last 18 months. It's evolving, but it's not just about COVID. Well, and I, I think that's the point, Daryl. Um, you have a, a personal story that some people may not have heard um, about MRSA. Would you care to share? Well, I wrote the book, Infection Prevention for Dummies, uh, back in 2008. And uh, it was right after uh, we had a, an event in our family. And what had happened was my daughter-in-law at the time was 37 years old and uh, weighed about 110 pounds soaking wet, but she was... Uh, very athletic and was training for Iron Woman competition and um, spending a lot of time at the workout facility with a personal trainer doing weights and resistance training and all that. And um, she got an infection between this, her thumb and the first finger uh, on her hand and 
turned out, I don't know if it was misdiagnosed or what, but uh, within eight weeks she was dead. And uh, she died of MRSA that became a bloodstream infection. And she picked it up at the health facility, you know, the workout training area. But uh, MRSA is not just in hospitals. You know, I talked about the jump in MRSA in healthcare associated infections uh, this past year. But it's out there in the community. It's in schools. Um, it's in where you shop, where you go to the theater. Um, it can be cultured on beach sand. I mean, MRSA is just part of the, uh, the environment that we live in. And unfortunately, this has affected our family forever. And, uh, but, you know, it's to heighten your awareness of these bad uh, organisms that do survive on surfaces. And uh, MRSA is one of those that's really kind of sticky uh, has kind Daryl, of a, there's a there's a particular reason I wanted you to go through that for the audience this afternoon because um, right next door to me in another one of the trailers, a lady is into CrossFit, and I mean she is into it, folks. If you know anybody in CrossFit, they're fanatical about it. Uh, it's like most a generally, <laughs> it, well, it is, it is, and I and I have no problem with that. However. No. Um, the other day we were, we were all going out, uh, to a, an event this weekend and she was complaining that around her wrist, uh, the strap that she uses to hold on to the, uh, bars, um, is causing her burns around her wrist. Oh. And, 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 you, and you get it right away. Uh, and, and so, you know, here's my first thought talking to her about um, this issue of MRSA, where, I mean, she's going there probably four to five times a week. And, uh, you know, I did look to see where that rash was and what it looked like. Um, and at this point, it's just a burn. There's no rash there. And so, folks, I, you know, as Daryl mentioned what he did, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people think these, uh, these super bug illnesses that, that people like to call them are only in hospitals. And I like what you said here this afternoon because um, just as COVID, just as all of these, we in the cleaning industry will be dealing with these Always, every day, no matter what. I say all the time we're fighting in an invisible battle. Well, an invisible enemy, but we know how the enemy works. And uh, what we need to do is train some folks to be those on the front lines of the battle. And, uh, you know, it's a battle that can be won and... One of the things we haven't talked about today is antibiotics, and uh, we are quickly uh, approaching a time that was like pre-penicillin. Uh, we have run out of antibiotics. They're looking at other uh, ways of uh, fighting these 
antibiotic resistant organisms like MRSA, um, but it's soon going to be very, very important that we have educated people who know about cleaning and disinfection, and uh, we need to start certifying people to that knowledge. And, um, you know, we need to make sure that we are ready uh, today because it's not like it's coming in a year or two. It's here now. It's at the doorstep. And we need to have people that know what they're doing and can impart that to uh, those on the front lines so that they get that they're not just cleaning toilets and mopping floors and emptying the trash, but that um, they're on the front lines and saving lives. So if I'm thinking about this as you were talking, Daryl, somebody that got into the industry um, for whatever reason, we'll just leave it at that, over the last couple of years, because they had a cleaning certificate, you're not really feeling comfortable that they're qualified to provide services in a facility if they don't have an infection prevention certificate. I think that's uh, an honest way of saying it, that uh, from what I've seen, even of some of I mean, I looked at the, uh, the CDC's infection control training videos, and I could poke 10 holes in what they're training people. Um, and so I'm just saying that uh, even if you went somewhere else and got some sort of infection prevention certificate uh, is probably from one of the big chemical companies who, um, you know, who have the money to put that, that kind of information out. And I'm not going to denigrate uh, that education, but I'm saying that um, you need to come to this course and uh, hopefully get updated on the information because what you you got was um you know about cleaning and uh processes and what have you but um i don't think it's prepared you for the battle that we're facing with um COVID and beyond so i'm going to i'm going to uh and and and, and daryl and i whenever we do these podcasts folks you can probably already tell this is not scripted. We just talk, and, and so you're getting it raw as we do it. Uh, Daryl, I have had um, a concern, and I wanted to ask your opinion here live uh, about the, our titling of our courses. And they have an issue with the fact that we have called this an expert class, and a person could gain an expert certificate in eight hours. Now, folks, before we get into this, we have four levels, uh, actually, of our infection prevention. And we, we term these uh, for our front line, which is basically a little over an hour, hour and a half of online instruction. We have our technician, which is a little more than that, around four. 
we have the supervisor infection prevention and we have the expert. Now we didn't get the masters kicked off this year um, due to a number of different reasons, but their issue, Daryl, and I ask your opinion that we use the term expert and they don't feel that that qualifies somebody unless they've got 10 years of experience. How do you look at it? <laughs> I can look at, you know, I had, you know, being a, a leader of environmental services staff in hospitals for over 34 years. You know, I had people with 10 years of experience and I had people with one year of experience that was repeated 10 year, 10 different times. And they never grew beyond just that rudimentary uh, understanding. And, um, you know, they weren't curious about their job and they weren't, you know, they were just there to, uh, to do eight hours. And uh, so what I would say to that is that the information that we give uh, is only as good as the person who takes it and applies it to their operation. And um, so, you know, we, we, Usually at the end of the, the course, you know, we, we use it as kind of a call to action that, um, you know, just because no one's doing it this way doesn't mean that it's wrong. And just because you do it one way and, you know, 99% of the people do it that way doesn't make that right. So, um, you know, we're giving you the best knowledge that uh, we can share and uh, best information, and then how to apply that. But it still, you know, uh, has to be put into practice. And if, it, if you go through the course and you don't make any changes when you get back to the job, then um, it's not that we have failed, but we have failed to communicate the, in, the, the importance of, uh, you know, application and yep. making a, a change in your processes and maybe your products and uh, how you need to impart this to the people that are doing the job. I think, folks, the thing that I kind of wanted to have you understand this afternoon about this subject is, you know, there's always a struggle with how do you uh, term your courses, your instructional courses. And what we've always done here at the Academy, here at the Academy is we're, we're, always, we're, asking we're always asking for people, for to, people to, gee, something happened here. Daryl, we still got you on? Yeah. Am I there? Yeah. I, I'm not sure what was going on. I was, uh, uh, I was getting a whole lot of feedback. Anyway, um, what we're trying to do here is set a progressive ladder of continuous education. And so as you can hear, we've got the frontline, the technician, the supervisor, the expert. But I think what you just said, Daryl, is no matter how we term it, that education is going to be the most current and up to date. So if they take that information which you've already stated is product uh, generic. 
if they take that information and start to use it, they're not going to use it all at once because most generally we're really throwing a lot of stuff at them. But everybody is going to take it back and advance their program in some way. And what we can't do as instructors is ensure what they do with the tool. We can only give them the best tool that we have available. And I, and I think, folks, this is what we would like you to understand this afternoon is that our job is very, very serious when it comes to this. As Daryl said, we're here to help you save lives. And during what may be upon us, a twin pandemic, it's we take this very seriously. So please don't get hung up on the, uh, if you will, the nomenclature of what we've used as uh, to designate what the course is. It's what you do with the material that we impart to you. So for those that have had issue with this, we hope that's explained that for you somewhat. Uh, please join us. Uh, this is going to be November the 30th through the first two afternoons, four hours each afternoon. Here in the show notes, we've got uh, a link to that and uh, where you can go and register right now. It's open registration currently. This will be a remote learning through the Zoom platform. We encourage anybody here that's listening this afternoon to join us. Um, Daryl, what, what would be a, a little, uh, oh, I don't know, tidbit of something new that we're going to talk about that we may not have? Well, I think that it would be, uh, you know, I have had people ask me, you know, with my current staffing, you know, and that seems to be foremost on everyone's minds is that um, we've got something like 12 million job openings in this country and we've got, you know, 10 million people sitting on the sidelines. People are quitting their jobs at such a fast rate that, um, you know, it's amazing, and people have grown discontented with, you know, what they're doing and, you know, reevaluating re their situation, their lives, and the quality of their lives, and people are walking away. And um, so we are faced with this tsunami of, uh, you know, supply chain problems and uh, personnel, uh, human resources, you know, we don't have enough uh, physical resources. We don't have enough human resources. So what is it that I need to do? Tell me what I need to do so that, you know, I can do the best I can to save lives. And so, you know, I, you know, Dave and I are going to be challenged uh, between us uh, to give you some tools for that toolbox that, um, you know, is are brand new because, you know, we can't go into 2022 with the tools that we used in 2020 or 2021. Um, we need to retool and uh, look at what is truly important and how do we get there with what we have because, um, like I said, between human resources and physical resources, um, it's going to be a challenging time. And I think the biggest tool that we're talking about, folks, is knowledge. Exactly. 
Daryl, it's been an interesting conversation this afternoon. Um, Always. How can people get hold of you? Yeah, uh, Daryl, D-A-R-R-E-L, at DarylHicks.com. And I'm on Pretty simple, Twitter, folks. Twitter with B-R-C-L, uh, at, I'm sorry, Twitter is at Safe. S-A-F-E and clean. Safe and clean. So, anyway, uh, that's how you can get a hold of me, and I hope that uh, you'll send me your questions or uh, comments, and uh, I always take those seriously and pretty quick about answering them. Daryl, it's been great to have you on. Folks, as we've said all along, uh, our show focuses on things that are healthy, positive, and proactive. Hopefully, you found our session this afternoon that. Please like and share us. Our website is academyofcleaning.com. The podcast here is on Podbean Live, but you'll also find us on Podbean Live, uh, the recorded versions at Beyond Clean with Ace, all one word. And as everybody else, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram. Yep, you know it. Everywhere that's there, out there, just search for Academy of Cleaning. Folks, we appreciate you joining in with us this afternoon, listening to the recorded. We hope to see you in November. Uh, Daryl, we'll probably have another one of these bef between now and then. I look forward to it. Thanks for being on the show, Daryl. Thanks, Dave.